go through. Ask we'll the, just ask. I will go through like a couple of these questions and we'll talk about it. And then I will ask, um, what's your favorite podcast? And we'll go on a tangent about podcasts until we're done. Tell me something podcast. Tell me something. Old school. Taking it back old school. Okay. <sighs> Jesus Christ. That was unnecessary hatefulness. Look at the spikes that you... Oh, cheers. <laughs> I'll drink my pre-workout. You drink your wine. Sounds like a great time. Adjust your mic. I was working on it. We're not recording yet. Damn, homie. Tone it down. We are recording. Well, we're recording, but we're not recording, recording. Your Tennessee's coming out. <laughs> All right. You ready to start? Yep. Welcome, everybody, to the Ville House Podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. If you ever interrupt me in the middle <laughs> of my intro. Why can't I say welcome, too? I, I'm the co-host. At least wait. No. Wait till Go I'm on done. on your timetable. This is my intro. I, I almost want to restart too, again. I, too, also want an intro. I almost want to restart again. We're not restarting again. Because the people are here for me and me only. Bye. <laughs> I'll get my ass up and walk right away and you'll be on your own talking to yourself. I will do it. That's a good segue into podcast because Bill Burr does it. If Bill Burr can do it, I can do it. First I don't know off, if that's how that works. but There are plenty of times where we haven't done a podcast because you've been mad at me. And you don't talk to yourself. You just don't put one out. So... It's, that's historically, like once. historically the speaking, other times where you couldn't mad, do that. Uh, I had somebody on the show. Yeah, right. There's been plenty of weeks where we didn't put one out on time because you were mad about something. I put one out on time, but we did put one out. Well, yeah, after we got over the fight. <laughs> after you got over the fight. I'm never over the fight. They're in my little black book of things to bring up later in years. Of course. <laughs> I knew you I fucking can. recorded that shit somewhere. <laughs> On July 2nd, 19, 2012. 19, 2012. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, did, you hear, <laughs> did you hear Dallas today talking about how she was born in 2050? Because she can't tell the difference between 5-0 and 1-5 when you say the words. She keeps thinking that I'm saying 2050 instead of 2015. 2015. She's like, I was born in 2050. <laughs> it's like, it's not happened yet. 2015. Okay. Thanks for your input, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your input. Should I do my intro again? No. That's we're already in. We're already in the groove. Damn it. In the groove. Okay. All oh. right. So, uh. Hit me with some questions. Oof. I shut them down. Just kidding. They're right here. <laughs> Joke's on you. All right. These are just going to be some random questions because some of them I'm actually kind of curious about. Um, but anyways, the first so one they're is... they're not random then. I mean, they are, but because there's a list of like 100 and something, I'm only going to pick out like five or six. But anyways, because the last one I want to talk about like more in depth, but that's besides the point. The first one. What scent? Do you find the most soothing? One scent. That's not an answer. <laughs> uh, oh, you're making a funny. Yeah. 
I didn't catch it. Apparently, I'm not fucking funny. (laughs) Fuck me, right? Uh, I know this one. I think it's lavender. Like the scent that makes you sleepy? Yeah. I posted a long time ago about this uh, because I ran across it in Germany. And like the actual flower. And it just put me in like such a good and relaxing mood. But that and I was coming back from the gym, so I was probably like all all the endorphins kicking in and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I was walking through the army base in, in Grafenwehr in Germany, and I passed this fucking flower bush, and you could the scent was like super strong, and it was just a good-ass smell, and I, I was like in a really good mood after that. But I can't remember. It was... Lilac, maybe? Lavender? Oh, here it is. Was it purple? Yeah. Like, my post even says, walking through a small small town in Germany, I came across some lilacs. And the smell of them put me in a really good mood. Ah, word for word. Gotta stop and smell the flowers, right? Am I right? You're right. (laughs) Yeah, and then I took a picture of them. Yeah. So, yeah, they, uh, so lilacs, I would say lilacs. It was just, just like a soothing scent to you? Really soothing and relaxing and yeah. Nice. I was like the other one of yours, so lavender is it for me. Um, I just, it does uh, make you, it has like sleepy time qualities. I don't know what the right answer to, or the correct way to say that is, but um Lavender is typically used to, like, relax you and help you fall asleep. Um, but just, like, if I burn a lavender candle or if I'm taking, like, a bubble bath and I use the the lavender, like, bath salts, it's just... Or use some lavender super. essential oils. <laughs> yeah, um, I've used that on, like, I'll mix it with water and spray it, like, on the sheets. Yeah. Super nice. Now, Michael used to go to town with that lavender on his pillow. He put it on his temples. <laughs> oh, was it his temples? <laughs> yeah, because you're supposed to put like a very little bit. Because lavender does have a lot of good qualities. Like if um, if you have a bruise and you put lavender on it, it will help like diminish the bruise quicker. Um, bug bites, it'll take the itch out of bug bites. I don't know. I went on an essential oil qu- kick for a while. Oh, did I say oil? Oh, you did say oil. <laughs> essential oil <laughs> kick for a while. <laughs> Man, your country's kicking in hard. <laughs> Someone out, oh, oh, oh. I'm um, rich, bitch. This is one that we were kind of talking about, but I'm just curious. Um, do you remember the first novel you ever read? Uh, I can't say that I remember the first novel I ever read. What constitutes as a novel? Uh, uh, a book with chapters? A book with chapters, yeah. Usually it says a novel. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm just curious a book. like the answer, like what two hundred pages or more, right? Is and fiction. What makes a book a novel? That's what I'm googling. Hold on, guess. Uh, I wrote noble, but I I don't know. A novel is a piece of long narrative in literary prose. They have to be between eighty thousand and one hundred twenty thousand words. Good, because that's what uh, that's what I do. I count words. Okay. It yeah. has to be a long book. So that's like 250 pages maybe or more. Maybe, yeah. Um, I I can't say that I remember the first one. Definitely like one of the most Im- 
impactful ones, which my favorite is the Count of Monte Cristo. And mm. let's see, one of the first novels, uh, like I read The Shining in high school. What a weird book to read in high school. Yeah, it was like... Like on your own or part of school? Part of school was freshman... It was either freshman or sophomore English class that we read The Shining. In that same class, we read this one book about... And I can't remember the name of it, but this one... We've done like extensive research trying to find this book. I think you made it up. No, I didn't. Like we read it and it's some girl like... It's a... I I I don't want to say a coming to age story because she like prostitutes herself and does drugs and all this shit and so, but I just I don't remember the name of the book but it was in that same class though that that we read your teacher was just fucking wild and she was trying to get fired nah nah <laughs> that, I think that was just part of the curriculum like because she was like some sweet old lady she's like get me the hell out of here yeah. y'all are gonna read these wild ass books <laughs> yeah That's and funny. uh so those are one of the first ones I would say I don't I don't know before that, I read Goosebumps, but I don't think that counts as a novel. No. Uh, yeah, that. So one of those I would say is probably one of the first ones I've ever read. Um, in secondary high to that question, because it's like a two-part question, is what's the first novel that like you really remember like focusing in on that you like spent time reading and um, it says like well the first novel that you remember as a favorite, but I feel like that's kind of... Well, yeah, that's the Count of Monte Cristo for me. That's like the first one that I was just like, like, holy shit, this is, this is amazing. Um, I had read other books up before that, but it, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't as impactful on me as, of as that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as like focusing in on a book... I haven't, like, studied a book or anything, like... No, but just, like, one that you... Like, the way I read the question was, like, the book that you can't put down. That you're just, like... You're, like, spending your all your time is, like, dedicated to that book oh, because yeah, you're th- so into it. That was definitely the Count of Monte Cristo because it's, it's, like, a thousand pages it's long. It's so long, It's yes. a long-ass book, and I remember it, reading it, like, in days. Yeah. And I'm a slow-ass reader. But at that time, uh, so... I was working at the 33rd, so we were doing 12-hour shifts, Panamas, but at work, like, there was a lot of downtime in between the actual work that we had to, that sounds bad, but it was the truth, like, we'd get just loads and loads of work, knock it out, and then there was just, like, a lull oh, downtime. until more data came in. And when yeah. you're working nights, like, there's nothing else to do, so yeah. I, I would read, um, and I, I knocked out a, a good portion of that book while I was at work uh, in between those stints of of the workloads. And then when I was at home, I was like constantly reading as well. Mm. Uh, But also uh, like I was super fucking broke on my own. So I didn't really go out much or do anything. Uh, Like I didn't even have fucking cable TV. I had pawned my Xbox. So that, that may have had something to do with it too. And if you don't know the story, the dude's like, uh, it's a book about revenge. Yeah. And at one point, he gets some money. So, I don't know. Yeah, he was. That, I mean, so I don't remember when, maybe like two years ago, we did like the you could pick one book for me every month out of the year. I don't think I finished the year. No, we yeah, we didn't, we didn't finish that. But like it was a good portion of the year probably into like. 
I want to say like the first, probably the first half of the year. Yeah, but the first big book you picked for me was The Count of Monte Cristo, and it was, uh, <laughs> I was not prepared, but it was a really good book. I read it really quick. Um, the first novel I would say that I ever remember reading, like, was Animal Farm. Uh, that book and was so weird. It was really weird, but we were made to read it, I want to say our freshman year, like we had to read it. Yeah. Um, but also that year, The Scarlet Letter. And The Scarlet Letter is the first book that I ever, like, uh, I just wanted to know what was happening. Like, what the hell's going on with this lady? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just so much. And, um, like, I just, I think we read it, like, back to back. So, Animal Farm first, which was fucking terrible. Like, uh, Pink Pony, all that. Have you ever heard of it? It's like a... The Cliff Notes. The Cliff Notes. Yeah, you just go, like, read what the book's about, what the chapter's about, and write your little blurb or whatever um but then and you know like i'm i don't want to say avid but like i read a lot now like i have through my adult years but when i was a teenager like when i was in school i hated reading yeah like i just didn't enjoy it um i remember my little sisters started the harry potter series and my dad like had a whole come to jesus like they were worshiping the devil so that got kicked out we weren't allowed to read that for a long time um, and then they started reading the book, like, Aragon or Ergon or, I don't know, something about some dragons. Um, and they, like, just snuck to read that. It wasn't like a, I don't know. But anyways, um, and I never read it because it just wasn't, like, eh. Like the fantasy novels. Yeah, but, like, as an adult, the first books that I ever, like, really spent time, like, did nothing while reading them was probably the Twilight series. And, I mean, I read those books, like, in one day when they came out. <laughs> like book was out, book was done. Like that was it. Um and but the first one that I really remember like just dedicating time and wanting to know the story would was the Scarlet Letter. And I read it again this year. Yeah. I still need to read that. Super like, hard to read. I I bought that book a while back a while back and I never I still haven't read it. We were at Barnes and Noble and we just bought a bunch of the old books. Like you read Dracula? Yeah. Um Frankenstein. Frankenstein. The the one you're reading upstairs? Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. That the book Scarlet is Left. super hard to get into. Um, you're powering that, through, though. Yeah. I'm struggling to read it, though, because the way it's written, and it, he writes it, he wrote it, sort of the way they talk. And it's, I find myself, I'm like one of those readers uh, that I can't just, like, gloss over a word and continue reading. Like, if I, I stop and I try to pronounce the word. Oh. And it, it pisses me off because a lot of those, uh, he writes it like shorthand or I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but the way people would talk back in the day, like yeah. in that area during that time. Um, have you ever like read a whole book and said someone's name wrong and then you finally like later learn that you uh, said it yeah, wrong whole I book? Fucking, I fucking hate it. So... Um, when I started reading Twilight, and I'm about to like put all my business out there so y'all can make fun of me, but I went to see it with one of my friends. Her name's Maria. Um, and she had been talking about the book, and when she was telling me about it, she said the dad's name was Carlsley. And so the whole time I read the books, I just read it as Carlsley because that's how she pronounced it. <laughs> and the name is Carlisle. Like, that's his name. And yeah. it's written out many times that I read over. And so when I went to the theater to see the movie and they said Carlisle, I was like, so distraught. I need to go back and like 
<laughs> reread the books <laughs> with the right name. Um, but it was, it was just made me feel real dumb. Hermione from uh, Harry Potter was one because it's spelled H E R M O I N E. Yeah, I definitely wasn't saying Hermione when I was reading Harry Potter. <clears throat> I don't remember what I was saying, but I said Hermione only because um, I probably wouldn't have if I had just read the word. But when I was in tenth grade, ninth grade, I don't know. One of my friends, Allie, was obsessed. She's still obsessed, obsessed with Harry Potter. Remember, you met her at in Nashville. Yeah, at that time. Um, we just happened to like be out in Nashville and or Murfreesboro. No, I think it was Murfreesboro. Oh no, and we like ran into her there. Uh, somebody I went to high school with. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, she was obsessed with Harry Potter, and so we went to see the Goblet of Fire in Lebanon when I was in like whatever grade, and it was so packed. We literally sat on the floor in the theater to watch this movie. Like it was ridiculous. They should have been like fired for letting that many people into the movie. Yeah. But it was opening night. Like we went there. Um. And I had no idea, like, the story, any of it. I had never read the books. I had never seen any of the movies. And then I just watched that one, which is kind of far into the series. Like, you have to have some idea of what's going on at that point. Um, but I heard the names there. So when I got to um, to read the books on my own as an adult, I, I knew the names. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I'm trying to remember some of the other names that I said. Uh, like, the way I read it in the book, and it definitely wasn't right whenever you saw the movie or when somebody else pronounced it differently yeah but i can't remember i, I want to say one of the names in hunger hunger games maybe i don't know um it doesn't matter yeah oh like uh fuck can you reach that book yeah so this is this is one of the books i'm reading right now the ballad of songbirds and snakes and it's like a it's a hunger games prequel prequel and it's about so the character, the main character, the way I say his name, uh, well, I'll say it in a second. I want to see how you say it. And then this is one of the books that's like, I struggled to get through like the first quarter of the book because every time his name came up, you'd like stop. I, I would stop and I would try to pronounce it and read it again and see maybe, maybe I'm not pronouncing it correctly or whatever. Uh, but after a while, I was just like, okay. Yeah, I remember getting this book with, like, the full intention of reading it, and then I just never got around to it's it. It's the very first word. That's his name. All right. Will you pause it real quick? Uh, we'll yeah. be right back, guys. Okay, we're back. Seamless transition. Sorry, the dogs were barking. It was making me nuts. All right, so this name, um, I read, like, very phonetically. So if I would have saw this name, I would have said Coriolanus. And I would have just said it like that the whole time, Coriolanus. Okay, that's how that's how I say it. It's Cor- Coriolanus is how I say it. It's spelled C O R I O L A N U S. Like, how else would you say it? Coriolanus. <laughs> I don't. Cor- I, I I don't know. No. Uh, but I tried. I know. Coriolanus. Yeah. That's how I would say. I was like going through different ways in my head of like saying it, uh, but yeah, and like uh. Oh, on one of the parts of the book, the people that talk to him, they shorten it to Corio. Yeah, and you say Corio. Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, that's I mean fair. yeah, that that's how that's how I say it. But every time his name would come across <clears throat> the book, I would always get stuck and try to pronounce it. I mean, it's an entire play by Shakespeare. That name is it. It's just that. So how do you say it? Pronunciation. Coriolanus. 
Corealness. Corealness. Hold on. We're going to hear it. I'm going to try to put it close so you guys can hear it. Coriolanus. Co- uh, Coriolanus. Coriolanus. See, that's terrible. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's the name from Shakespeare. That's how you pronounce Shakespeare. That's Coriolanus. How do you pronounce it? sounds better. Okay, hold on. We're going to play this one. No. Of 23, how do you go about pronouncing his name? Coriolanus. See? Snow. That's Coriolanus. bullshit. I mean, and that's from that book. How to pronounce it from that book. Coriolanus. Yeah, I would have Cori- said Lannis the whole time. Yeah. Coriolanus sounds better. That's and what I'm going with. Carlisle and... See, but then when they make the movie, it's just going to drive you nuts. Are they making that into a movie? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. We'll get off books and we'll move on. Um. Okay, hold on. Okay. Find the next one, but bring the dogs back in. All right. Start again. All right. Sorry. Next question. Um, what's your favorite comfort food? Not your favorite food, but your favorite comfort food. Pizza? Yep. It's got to be pizza. Yeah, I'd go with pizza. I just don't know, like, that I have a comfort food. Like, I don't know, maybe brownies? Cookies? I don't know. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I would say pizza just because I... It's your go-to for sure. Yeah, it's my go-to for for everything. But like, what food do you eat and it just, like, reminds you of home? Home? That's different. Why? That's, like, what brings you, like, what food, like, makes you feel, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess pizza would be my comfort food because, I mean, we all, like, we used to do pizza every weekend with the kids. Yeah. And then growing up, like, Peter Piper was my favorite. And there was, you hosted all Still sorts of fucking events there. Birthday parties, playing football. That was, like, the spot to go to after each game. So, mm-hmm. a lot of Yeah, I don't know that I have, like, a, a comfort food per se. I don't know, maybe chocolate chip cookies. All right. Um, this one's can like be a longer one so maybe one more after this but uh do you know what your love language is do you know your partner's love language and then i'll ask the the other one after this oh like the third question yes yes and we'll questionable see. uh let's see my love language uh it's uh physical, physical touch, touch and um uh, All right, so let's start. The, the five love languages. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so might as well say The five it. love languages are physical touch, acts, receiving, of acts of service, receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. Words of kind, affirmation. Words of affirmation. That's the one. And quality time. Quality time. Yeah. So I would say mine are physical touch and uh, words of affirmation. Yes. 100%. What are mine? Uh, yours are... I haven't done it in a while. I need to redo it. Not, not access service. Yes, access service and quality time. Yeah. Uh, I would probably say... Yeah, that's, that's right. All right, so, and like I, I, I knew yours, you knew mine. So the last part is, 
uh, I don't want to like read it verbatim, but essentially like, um, do you give your partner their love language or do you give them the love language you want? Uh, both. I think, <clears throat> I think, uh, it tends to be more like on the one that I want just because yeah. that's what comes natural to me. Uh, but yeah, it has to be deliberate on giving, on focusing on your love languages. Yeah. I think, um, so if you haven't read the book, I highly like encourage it. It's not something that I would have ever done on my own. Um, something that you did and then I followed suit on, but, um, basically you learn how you receive love. Um, and it's not like, or how you perceive love. Yeah, like it's not necessarily um, that all the love languages don't factor in because I think everybody has a little bit of each yeah, love yeah, language. It's, it's not, just like it's your not primary. Like a definite. So um, I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think my top two love languages were acts of service and gifts. Oh yeah, yeah, gifts, gifts, gifts not gifts, quality gifts. time. Yeah, yeah. Gifts. I mean, quality time is important to me, but so basically, when you learn your love language, and I'm going to talk about mine because I hate that it's mine, but I'm going to talk about it. Like, I hate the title of it, shall I say? But um, so basically, the way that I feel like I am being loved is for acts of service is like for someone to do something for me in order to help me, like. Um, if I'm doing something else and the dishes need done to like do the dishes to like take that off my plate, that's kind of the thing. The second one is gifts and it's not like extravagant gifts, but it's like, Hey, I was at the grocery store and I saw this bag of Skittles and thought about you. And so I got it for you. <laughs> like, or, um, Hey, just whatever it is, like, like those small snippets in time where I wasn't around and something was thought about me and like, yeah, and it doesn't just- have to be like a, Anything ta- tangible. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be of. something that was like purchased, you know, like like a letter or a card or anything like that. Like just something that is like, hey, you weren't there and this made me think of you type of deal. But the title of it is receiving gifts. It just like naturally has a negative connotation like yeah. in society. But anyways, um, I feel like I'm, I'm more of, I tried to push my love language to you unless I'm like, very deliberately focused on like showing love through your love language. Yeah. Um, And it's the same with me. Like I have to be, I have to be conscious of, of making sure that you're getting your love languages or like I'm showing your love language to you. Um, Cause other than, if not, then I'll just be, I default to mine. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's fair. So there is a book called like your kids love languages that I would like to do with the kids. I've I've been thinking about this recently. So I just thought it was funny that the question was there. Not funny, but like convenient that the question was there. But um, so like just because the way I receive love is different than the way you receive love may be completely different than how the kids are, you know? Yeah. So there is a book out there called the five love languages of children. And I think that's what it's called. It may be something to that effect. Um, But you can ask your kids these questions and, uh, find out what their love language is to tailor it individually to each child, just like you would tailor it to, to your spouse. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a go out on a limb. I haven't read that book yet. Like we have it and it's in the queue, like all the other ones. Yeah. But I think with kids up to a certain age and I would say like getting into their teenage years, 
uh, where they really like start to venture out on their own. Yeah. I would say like each love language is as impactful as the other. Cause like I'm thinking of the kids, like I'm thinking like Braylon's and Michael, they're like in their teenage years uh, or Braylon's at least getting there. She'll be a teenager next year. Uh, so she's starting to like separate from us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, the other two, you start think like I'm thinking about how they re- or how they feel loved. Uh, mm-hmm. But quality time's huge with them. They're always like they just want to be next yeah. to us or like hey come come here come sit with me while I play whatever like mm-hmm. they just want us to be around. Uh, and then gifts. Well, they're always asking for gifts right yeah but i think like um i don't know i think there's always going to be one that overshadows the other it i there will well i don't know just i say there is on the but that's as they get older that's that's what i'm saying like i don't think right now uh yeah i don't know Uh, maybe i'm I'm explaining it wrong because like the so i'll give you an example like if i were to guess without asking or like doing the things, right? I would say Dallas is number one's quality time. Like she just wants to be with us. Like if she's playing, she'll bring all her stuff to the room where we're at and she'll play just like in the vicinity of us, right? Yeah. Um, And Elena just like will close herself up in her room and like game. Like, like yes, she wants to be around us, but it's not like as impactful to her to be in the same like quality area as us as it is to Dallas. You know what I mean? But for Elena, um, she's very, like, physical. Like, if she is in the room with you, she wants to be sitting beside you. She wants to be holding your hand. She wants to be, like, snuggled up with you. Um, and, like, Dallas isn't necessarily the same. Like, she wants to be beside you, but she doesn't necessarily want to be touching you. <laughs> like, yeah. just, I'm going to lay on the couch over here. You sit there. Don't leave me. But, like, also, don't touch me. Um, and so I think, like, Yes, all of them are impactful to children, but I still think there's something that's always going to like stand out to each of them, you know? Yeah. And once they get older, they'll kind of solidify that. And everyone's changes, you know, like depending on the season of life you're in. But um, I think it just like, yeah, all of our kids want gifts and stuff, but I don't think if we didn't get them gifts, they would feel unloved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if we go, like, let's say we went on our cruise, you know, and, um, like, we came back and we were just telling the kids and we were showing them pictures and stuff. And they were completely happy with that, just being around us. But then we showed them, like, hey, we got you gifts. They were excited about it. But it wasn't like, if you didn't get me this gift, I would have thought you didn't think about me type deal. Yeah. Um, and then acts of service, I don't think they really give a shit because they're kids and they just expect stuff to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it all, like, is, is dependent on the kid. Um, but, like, when it comes to... Um, like quality time I guess Um, when Elena wants quality time she wants it you know like yeah. I don't think it's her primary but when she wants it she wants it like if she's having a competition or if she's having something at school and we're supposed to be there like she wants to know for certain that like we're going to be there to support her yeah she gets um, heartbroken if we ever can't make it to those things yeah so it's like um, I forgot what happened Oh, for their skits, like their skits for team camp. Um, it started at 2, and it was like one forty-five, and I was on my way there, and she called me like three times, like, hey, are you coming? Are you going to make it? Like, And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yes, I'm on the way. Like, I'm going to be there, but it was it was so important to her for us to be there to support her. Um, and then she like ran up, gave me like a hug, like, oh, you're here? Like, 
that physical touch and then she was over it she's like okay you're here I got a hug and now I'm like good to go but I think it's um I think it's just very number one I think it's huge for adults to like understand each other's love language um because like your physical touch we talked about this but um like I can sit beside you on the couch and we can hang out and watch tv and like I'm good with that but for you like if I lay my head on your lap or if we hold hands or something that's like different for you like for me yes like I enjoy it but also it doesn't I don't feel like I'm being ignored if that isn't the case I don't know it's highly recommend the books I do want to read the one for the kids though I didn't know we had the book for kids yeah it's in there somewhere in our hundreds of books all right and the last one that we'll probably like spend the most time on because these went longer than I thought was um top podcast you're listening to right now and what drew you to that podcast oh i don't um i got a few of them and then i just got rid of some too but um what do you mean you got rid of some because i had downloaded a shitload because i was listening to a bunch of them but uh i would say the most consistent one uh that i listened to or that I've had on here for the longest is probably uh, so the Dad Edge podcast. <clears throat> if you're a, you're a dad and a husband, it is definitely a recommended podcast that you should listen to because uh, that's what it, it's exactly what the title is uh, tailored to dads and, and husbands. And it's this dude's been doing it for like seven years or whatever. Why is it called the Dad Edge? Uh, it used to be the Good Dad Project, and then he read. He rebranded to the dad edge and just basically, I don't know the exact definition. To give you an edge on being the dad? But, yep. That's fair. And, uh, yeah, and it's just him. He brings in a a bunch of uh, well-known names uh, like he's had Andy Frasilla on there, who's not a dad, but, I mean... He yeah. still says a lot of good shit. He had like Matthew McConaughey and then just a bunch of other big names that are on there. And he gets like their perspective from being a father and being a husband and they gets tips and stuff. And then uh, he has this group, uh, the Dad Edge Alliance, and they all basically get together and just uh, give each other tips and stuff. I don't know. It's good. Yeah. Uh, are you in the Alliance? I am not. Uh, I'm on the Facebook group. It sounds like a call. Uh, no. Are you in the alliance? Uh, I it, to be honest, I don't, because I'm not one to put myself out there like that in groups like this. Um, you need to though, make because, yourself uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, but it's all virtual. That's the thing, and I don't know. I I would imagine could start something local, but. Uh, that's the thing. Like they all meet virtual. They send emails back and forth, which is cool. But at some point, like you want to do like a face to face or just a get together or something. Yeah. I, that's how I feel about it anyway. So no, I'm in the Facebook group and I, sometimes I have issues with the Facebook group. Um, like just the stuff they're saying. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's some, there's people in there with like some, really bad problems and it's like any other uh social media thing some people like they're supportive other ones are just commenting just to comment and then there's other ones where it seems like people are just trying to poke the bear yeah yeah. poke the bear um 
But anyways, it does more good than any negative thing. So, uh, but also I started listening to the Bledsoe show and I recommend it. Like if you want your world to be turned upside down or just like see the world from a different perspective that's unique and it's like... Isn't that... Didn't they used to have barbell shrugs? Yes. So that's where this dude is from, the Bledsoe show. So Mike... Mike Bledsoe, Michael Bledsoe, he was uh, one of uh, the founders of Barbell Shrugged. And Barbell Shrugged is still going, but they they have new guys. Doug Larson is still there. Um, but in the early years when they yeah. had... Is he like the big beard guy? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It was Mike Bledsoe, Doug Larson, Chris Moore, and then CTP as a, as a camera guy. And it was just everything, fitness, and a, a lot of CrossFit stuff because that's what they tailor to. Uh, but it turned out to be this big fitness show. And this that's how I got into podcasting or listening to podcasts because that's how they started. And they would interview all these guys and just like no, really well known in the fitness realm. Um, and this guy's just he's all about personal development as well and expanding your mind and, you know, just doing things outside of the norm and seeing the world from a different perspective other than the way we see it. And he articulates it really well and he explains everything that he's thinking and it's like super smart dude. And sometimes it's just like, what the fuck? Like he, it sounds like he lives on a different planet, uh, but it makes sense. I think it's good to like get other people's perspective um, without bias. Yeah. Because I don't know, like I've never listened to this guy but isn't he from Tennessee? He is. From, he's from yeah. Memphis. Yeah. Um, I've never like listened to this guy, but I just I feel like so often people are so close-minded to other people's perspective. Yes. And you don't have to agree with them, but at least like educate yourself on why people think the way they think. Yeah. Because you, I'm not asking you to agree with me on the things that I believe or the things that we talk about on this podcast, but. To immediately shut me down or like not want to listen to me because my perspective is different is the reason that we have so many problems in the world today. Yeah. I mean, not me specifically, but in general. So I don't know. I haven't listened to the guy, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's great. And I, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he sa- does or says, but uh, it's interesting to listen to. and uh, Just to hear it. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that really gets me is... And with some of the guys that he he has like these discussions with, so they don't, they don't have kids, yeah. um, so it's hard to speak from that perspective. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This I I just wish they had kids so they could speak on that side as well yeah. because like they're just. At one point, it, he was does, just, it he, changes your whole life perspective. It does. And I would like to see his perspective, how much of it would change or how much of like his, not lifestyle, but the way he, he views things and the way he does things, how much of that would change once he, once he does have kids. Yeah. And he's talking about that now, having kids. Anyway, it's a good show. The Bledsoe Show Go. You should listen to it. Uh, if nothing else, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, and then I started listening to a uh, comedy podcast. So that's why I got Bill Burr and his fucking podcast, like just Bill Burr. I find him so annoying. He is fucking hilarious, <laughs> especially like when he starts, when he gets going, his Boston accent comes out and yeah. he's just fucking like talking shit. And uh, his podcast, that's all it is. It's him just fucking 
not necessarily talking shit, but just giving his thoughts on whatever, how his day went, like what he's thinking about and what he's going to do it's with like his comedy, journal. his movie. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It, it's almost like he's just, instead of writing in his journal, he's putting it down in a podcast. And he, he does his cuss and he's like, God damn it, fuck. <laughs> and he, he vents about like how he has anger issues and how mushrooms helped him out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Every once in a while, he'll have guests on the podcast. But for the most part, it's just him just fucking going to town on, on this podcast. And he'll be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like he records in his garage. He's like, oh, my alarm just, or like the chime went off on my windows. <laughs> what do you say? He's like, uh, either, uh, the, the alarm's broken or, or it's the slowest fucking burglar in the world. <laughs> and it just everything he says, is a, he turns it into a joke and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, and then he like takes questions from, from emails or readers. It, it's just great. Like, uh, I just like, I find him very annoying. I know a lot of people like him, but he's just one of the comedians where I'm like, ugh. But the other one you listed too, like I find both of those guys hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The other one is uh, Two Bears One Cave, and that's uh, Tom Segura and and uh, Burt Kreischer. Yes, and those they're both hilarious. <laughs> they were talking the other day about us, like, how do you explain our podcast? And it's listed as comedy, but it's just them. It's like just if they got together to have some beers, or they just like showed up at one of those house and just started talking. <laughs> That's what the podcast is. They would say it. They're like, I don't know how to explain our podcast. <laughs> and I cringe when I hear other people try to explain our podcast. <laughs> uh, he said some dude stopped him in the gym and he was like, yeah, hey, oh, you, you have a podcast? Like, so what's it about? Like, do y'all talk about the news? Are y'all professional development? Like what? And he's like, dude, if these are the questions you're asking, our podcast is not for you. <laughs> Uh, so it's fucking hilarious and then just to hear them go back and forth they, they they say the stupidest shit and give each other shit all the time and it's uh like if i ever did that podcast with ortiz like that's, that's what it would be yeah and then the other one i downloaded it was because we watched the terminalist yeah uh jack carr so he made a, a podcast he made it. I think he made it specifically for the terminal list and kind of give like the details behind uh, the books and the show and stuff. Yeah. And then it's just turning into just a regular podcast. And he has guests. About all. what though? Uh, it's called Danger Close. Oh, is it uh, like about crime? No, no, no. So it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice cracked. Uh, so every time he brings uh, guests on, they they tend to be veterans, oh, spe- special operations uh, veterans. And so they just, like, give their perspective. Uh, like, the last dude he brought in was one of the Apache helicopters uh, from that had a part in the Lone Survivor mission. So oh, nice. Operation Red Wings. Um, and then he's just talking about, like, his military background and how he came up and, and all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. And then Jack Carr always gives his, always gives his piece. He's uh, on top of being the author of the terminal list and that whole series of books. He was a Navy SEAL himself for <clears throat> 20 plus years. Yeah, I know. Like, um, well, I've read about like how when he was writing the book, it had to go through like MARSOC and like the Navy and all this stuff to like actually get it approved to be written. And they still like blacked out like a bunch of the shit that he wrote. Yeah. 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 yeah he, <coughs> 
yeah, he was talking about that. So when he was going through one of the process, went through that process for one of his books, and I can't remember which one it was, he was talking about how uh, he was talking about CIA safe houses, and he listed, he just made like made it up a CIA safe house in this one location or something like that, and the, they came back like, hey, you can't use that, use this location instead, and he's like, oh, okay, so what does that tell me? There's a CIA safe house in that location. Yeah. It's like, and I just made the shit up. Uh, I mean, and that's that's fair. Like, that's, you just, I don't know. That stuff is, it's going to happen. You know, people are going to, like, write these books. But because of the nature of his job in the military, like, he has to jump through all these extra hoops because of the shit that he knows. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, I don't know what exactly what the rules are, but any, I don't know if it's any, like, fiction or whatever military book or is it I think it, if it references the military in any capacity um, it has to go through the wickets if you were in in the military yeah um, I don't think if like just some Joe Blow Homeless Guy wanted to write a book like he would jump through the hoops you know but by nature of you signing the NDA and all the shit that you see and are privy to in the nature of yeah like your the, enlistment like I think like it the Vince, you. the Vince Flynn books, like the very first one I picked up, uh, Extreme Re- Measures, and it's like, um, it takes place in Afghanistan, and he talks about the the Reapers and the the RPAs at the time, and we were working at Creech, and like some of the shit he was saying in there, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I, I thought that was classified, and this dude's just like writing in his book that's a couple years old or a few years old, like. N- like he had an insight on on the military and like the workings of uh, all those processes. Cause I mean, like if you talk to someone and your name is withheld, right? Like, like you could say whatever you want and they can write whatever they want, but it would be like diving back into who they got that information from is where that would get a little quirky. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I just um, I just think podcasts in generals are there's a lot out there for you to be able to like learn from. And I don't listen to them like near as much as you do. It's probably your primary listening in like when you're driving and stuff, but Yeah. Um I don't know, were you gonna talk about other ones? No, the only other one that I have on there uh that I recently downloaded that I listened to a couple of them, but it's just extreme is it's called This Past Weekend, but it's Theo Vaughn's uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, I found that guy annoying. And he's... I don't know. He has funny moments, but they're, like, not enough to outweigh the moments that are just annoying. Yeah, he's over the top. Um, his podcasts are super long as well. So, I don't know. Yeah. Debate on whether to keep that one or not. But so he is funny in moments. Yeah. Like, his the moments where he's funny, it's, like, real funny. But it's <laughs> yeah. just, like, finding those moments. But yeah, so when I listen to podcasts, like, um, typically the the ones I listen to are like murder mystery podcasts. This one says, if you like the Villehouse podcast, you will like Order of Man. Do you listen to that one? Yeah, I, I did for a little bit. We're, um, we're tied to that one somehow. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Um, my top podcast. So, um... The number one podcast that I listen to, I would say, is Crime Junkie Podcast. Um, And basically, it's just these two chicks who deep dive into these murder mystery stories. 
and they'll give you like all the nitty-gritty details like they reach out and talk to police stations and retired police officers investigators they pull police reports um like coroner reports everything missing people like everybody all the interviews that happen and they go through it in depth of everything um and some of them are unsolved so they'll tell you like hey if you have any at the end of it, it'll say, like, if you have any information regarding this case, like, please contact your local authorities, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's just, like, some of the stuff is so crazy to me. How these murders happened or how people got away with this stuff. And um, obviously, they didn't get away with it if the story is being told. But well, how, some, like, some of those did. They're yeah, unsolved. Like, like, some of them, um, like, they found the body. They know the person's dead. But there's, like, no answer in sight as to what happened, you know. And... To me, it's just, like, crazy how this stuff happened. Um, and so, the Crime Junkie podcast is powered by Audio Chuck. Do you listen to any podcasts powered by them? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I started doing research on the Audio Chuck, like, brand. And so, it just led me to, like, a bunch of these other podcasts. So, I don't always listen to them. But one of the ones, it's called um, Red Collar. Like, that's just the name of it. And that pod, it's another murder mystery podcast. But that one is just about, like... Literally everyday people who you like work with at work or who's like your neighbor, the person who like walks the dog in the neighborhood, um, how these people are like fucking murderers, but they just live life every day like normal people. And it's really hard to find out what's happening in these murder trials or these cases of these missing people because they are just like white collar people. Um, So that's a really good one. And then another one that well, I'll do two more. They're both going to be like murder podcasts. But um, the one is called Park Predators. And that one is just about like murders that happen in state parks. Jeez. And so like the more they talk about it, they go, they give you like statistics and it's, it's finite research. So you can go on their website and... So all this is powered by Audio Chuck. They all kind of have the same like back end people working all the podcasts. Um, but you can go to the websites of these podcasts and it will show you everything that they use when doing their research. So if it's a police report, you can see the police report they pulled information from. If it's a, a interview, you can like listen to the entire interview that they pulled snippets from for the podcast. Um, but the Park Predator one is like state parks are so huge that once you enter a state park... Um, you're pretty much at the mercy of like whatever's going to happen out there, you know? Um, and one that really sticks out to me, the one that kind of got me like hooked on it was there was a, I don't even know what they're called. Like the people who patrol the state parks, park rangers, park ranger. Yeah. There was a park ranger and he was a serial killer. Like just had a basic family. Like his wife would always come to the park. Like he would have lunch with her and stuff, but he was a serial killer. So every few days, like, just had an urge to kill somebody like no rhyme or reason just like wanted to kill somebody no like um he's dexter no like specific type of person or anything it was just like the thrill of doing it um so what happened was there was a a trail at this state park and i don't remember what state park it was um but it forked And so what he would do was once somebody went up the trail and they were the only person, he would put cones out like that trail is blocked. You can't go. So you have to go the other way. And then he just go up there and kill him. Jeez. 
So he did this a whole bunch of times until somebody went through the cones and saw him and like took off like went and told and they were like it was that guy i remember seeing him yada 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 and like everything came to light but it was like this is fucking crazy and stuff that you wouldn't think about when you're just like oh i'm gonna go hike a trail at a state park <laughs> like, yeah i'm gonna go to yellowstone or whatever the case may be you know so um but the other one so that's the park predators so crime drunkie red collar park predators and the other one i listened to it's called counter clock um so these podcasts are awesome but they come out in seasons so, it's like seven to ten episodes that all come out um, in, like, at one time. And it tells the story of an entire crime. Like, from, like, leading up to the crime, it does the clock backwards. So, from, like, everything that happened leading up to the murders and the murderer being caught. Um and these are like widely publicized murders um, that was like hit national news. Everyone was talking about it. But all you knew was like the basis like, oh, this pastor killed his wife and all of his kids. Right. But then you listen to this podcast and it takes you through like what who these kids were, what was going on in their lives, all the behind the scenes stories. And it's just like on some of them, I'll be like, oh, that guy for sure was the murderer. Like, no questions asked. There's no way that this happened and that happened. And my analytical brain turns on. I'm like, there's no way that she was shot with a shotgun and there was blood splatter on this wall. <laughs> and you can tell I've listened to too many murder podcasts. But um, but then the as the podcast progresses, they'll start saying, like, all the stuff I was thinking or they'll, like, completely prove me wrong. And um, so it's a really good one, too. But I don't – I've tried to listen to, like, the – like make yourself better podcast <laughs> um and i i feel like the reason i can't is because i'm just i don't want to say i'm closed-minded but there's a lot of stuff out there where i'll be listening to somebody and i'll be like oh you have good stuff but then they'll just be like one thing like the andy frisilla podcast um like i like listening to his podcast i think he has great things to say but it's so political that it turns me off from the whole podcast. Yeah. Like, it's just that one little thing. Like, just talk about the shit you want to talk about without bringing politics into it. Like, how hard is that? Very hard for him. <laughs> Significantly hard. Um, and so I, I just stopped listening to the podcast altogether. And that's not the the only thing like that. But um, I don't know. I just feel like when I'm listening to podcasts or listening to books or reading, like, I want it for entertainment purposes. Not, like learning purposes i guess yeah that was uh that was the order of men podcast i had to take a break from it because um yeah like it's a it's a really good podcast offers up a little a lot of good nuggets uh, but there's some things i yeah i don't agree with and then some things that are the him well there's a couple of them but they're very uh like very certain on yeah and it's kind of to me it comes off as closed mindedness uh so like whenever that stuff comes up it's like oh man like i just i need to fast forward through it or i just yeah. i don't listen to the podcast anymore or to that episode move on to the next one uh the majority of it is really good but there's those instances just like you were saying where it kind of uh it pushes you away so uh and, yeah. and th that's why 
I got rid of the podcast for a little bit. I'll probably go back to it again because I've done it a, a few times. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think it's good to like to hear other people's perspective. Like I said, I don't think um, like you and I can disagree on something and you give me your perspective. But when you start telling me the reason I'm wrong for the way that I think about something or the way that you think about it is the only right way because of your political agenda, like, no, that's that's not um, that's not just like a little annoyance. It's like the crux of who you are as a person to like completely I'm being open minded about listening to your side of things and like trying to see where you're coming from. And for your perspective, you're like, uh, no, I don't care what you think. You're wrong. You need to think what I think. And I just, I don't have the time or inclination to listen to people who, and obviously they don't care what I say. Like, I'm not calling them up, telling them my perspective, you know. But just when you're talking to an audience, I don't think you have the, like, you don't really have the purview to say, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. And I don't really care what anybody else says because this is the only way I'm going to think about it. Um, it does. It turns you off from the whole person. So that's. There's been a couple podcasts like that for me. Yeah. yeah. But. Teach their own podcast. Yeah, Listen it is what it is. Uh, that's why I enjoy the 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 comedy ones because they're they played the devil's advocate a lot of the time for both. Like yeah. they have a pretty good perspective on both sides. They're not saying one's most of the time. Uh, I'm yeah. generalizing here, but they're not saying one's better than the other. But they like point out. The, they point out um, the what's it called? Just the other side. Yeah, the other perspective. Yeah, yeah. both sides. Um, and I that, think, but they point out the contradictions and shit. Yeah, like because that. there are times when, like for example, if I'm in a class or something, you can say something that I 100% fully in my heart agree with, but I'm still going to point out the what if. But like, what if this or what if this person saw it this way? You know, and. I may agree with you completely and you think I'm just being an asshole, but really I'm just trying to get everybody to look at it from the other person's perspective, right? Because just because you and I agree on something doesn't mean everybody in here is agreeing to something. And when you're putting a podcast out to however many people are listening to it, um, there's going to be a big plethora of those people who don't agree with you. And you can't just shun those people. You have to like at least say, hey, I get not everybody's going to agree with this, but this is like me. This is my opinion personally. And then press. Like, zip. Give that little snippet. But if you're like, I don't care what you have to say. This is the only way. Then I'm like, you can fuck right off. I don't want to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. When when people start talking like that in a, like, this is the only way. In um, absolutes, it, I would it, say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in absolutes. It, it turns you off. Um, but that's what I loved about, like, uh, the the podcast. Like, Joe Rogan, right? The biggest one. Um now he's got like bigger names and it tends to be more informative than anything else. But when he's getting together, like with his co- comedian friends or his fighter friends that he, they're just bullshitting and talking about like the fights or whatever, like they're just conversations. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. And those are the podcasts I enjoy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right, but whatever. no, but those are like, I feel like you just have to be able to take into account that, like everyone's going to have their own perspective and you have to be open to all those perspectives. But yeah, I mean, on murder podcasts, there ain't really no perspective. You're just going to find out some facts, going to get knowledge dropped on you. It That's like, why are 
and I'm saying I'm going on a limb and saying the demographic for murder mystery podcasts are white is women. La- largely women. I wasn't even gonna say white women, just women. Like, oh, yeah, why no. is that? I think we're just like um Hold on. You got a pause? Yeah. Okay. Well, is it call oh, Lane is calling me. Okay. All right. Stand by. Yep. Okay. We're back. Yeah. Right. So the, the demographic is largely women for that. But I want to see. Crime podcast. Demographics. I always had all these. Um, predominantly female, 73%. Listeners tune into podcasts to seek entertainment for convenience and to avoid boredom. While women are attracted to the true crime genre because they are drawn to female protagonists. I mean, that's fair. It's weird. It's like sports for men. Yeah, I would say. (laughs) But I mean, you think about it too. Like on TV, the, the murder mystery shows like Law and Order, NCIS, um, CSI, like those are predominantly female watchers who rope their husbands into watching them who then get hooked on those shows, right? Yeah. Um, but so I was listening to these murder podcasts a lot. Like I was spending a lot of time listening to them and I listened to them on was Super this Fast during the Speed. time we were fighting a lot? No, probably. <laughs> um, no, but I was listening to them on Super Fast Speed so I could get through them, like a lot of them quickly. Um, I was listening to them a lot during 75 Hard because my second workout was just walking so I could like podcast out while walking. Yeah. Um, but I won't listen to them when the kids are in the car. And so if I'm like really into something and I want to continue listening to it and then we're going somewhere like as a family or the kids are with me and I have to be like, damn it. Like I, would, <laughs> I just want to listen to this podcast. I want to figure out what happened. Um, and there were a few times where, um, it was kind of like an unsolved mystery thing. Like there was no murder involved. It's just like somebody went missing and they're trying to figure it out that I would listen to it. And then the kids were like, Ooh, what happened to that person? And I was like, okay, woof, better <laughs> shut that down. Um, and it wasn't even like any of the graphic ones. It was just like a, a missing person's one, but I, I knew when they started asking about it, like, are you gonna listen to crime junkie? Nope. Not today, friend. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just, I mean, you talk about yours too, right? Like we could, flipped that like the barbell shrugged dad edge obviously is specifically to dads um but those type those are predominantly focused on on like men Mm -hmm. audiences so i don't know whatever man listen to the podcast the most important one the veil house podcast the veil house podcast yeah (laughs) all right the girls want to do a podcast so bad I know. I'm, I'm going to let them do it. Yeah, you're going to create it for them? Yeah. They're going to outshine us. What are you going to do? do? Shut it. them down. Do Shut it. them down. Do it. Do it. <laughs> if that's yeah. it's going to be another source of income. Bring Just it. Bring it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. You ready? When you are. All right. Uh, that's it. Hey, if you enjoy the podcast, hook us up with the five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mm. There, we haven't had that plug in a while. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. All right. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see y'all next week. Later. 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 <laughs>